Welcome to the More Happiness, Less Suffering podcast. I'm Casey Howe, Senior Meditation and Dharma Teacher for Inside LA. And I'm Dr. Monisha Vasa, Psychiatrist. In our little podcasting studio in Orange County, California, we bring wisdom from the couch and the cushion to your real-life questions and struggles. So grab a cup of tea and join us. We're, We're so glad, glad you're, you're here. here. So welcome back to the More Happiness, Less Suffering podcast. We're really glad to have you back with us today. And today we're talking a little bit about how we find guidance or wisdom when we are struggling. Yeah, this is a good one. And, um, you know, we start off with a poem a lot of times and and I actually don't have this poem right in front of me, but I did write a poem that related to the idea that no book, no teacher, no teaching is ever going to teach you about you. Mm -hmm. And that's really the premise of what we want to talk about today is that that balance in between learning and, and digesting from teachers and these teachings that have been working maybe for thousands of years, but not losing sight that you are your own teacher. And I think when I look back upon Buddha, I think it's interesting that he always bounced off uh, these teachings off of his own intellect and his own desire to be free. He was not trying to be a good Buddhist. Well, he wasn't Buddhist at all. (laughs) He wasn't trying to be a good meditator. He wasn't trying to be good at whatever modality that he was practicing. He was trying to reach liberation. And he was very clear that he was trying to reach liberation. So if it didn't work for, for him, then he threw it out. And I, I think this is interesting that it's not like we're trying to be, if, if we're a Buddhist, not trying to be a good Buddhist. If you're just a meditator, you're not trying to be a good meditator. If, you are, if you're trying any, anything, it has, it has to work, and it has to work for you, and you have to have that discernment that understanding that it works for you. So how do you take that? I mean, I know, Casey, for example, you've spent years living at meditation centers and, you know, did a year-long silent retreat, but really along the way, along your journey, have been um, exposed to so many wonderful teachers um, and teachers that you reference. How do you how do you balance that in terms of sort of taking in this wisdom and guidance that you've gotten from your own teachers along with this idea that at the end of the day, the best teacher is the one inside of yourself or your own direct experience? Yeah, I think it boils down to being a good student. And it kind of points to what I, what I was saying is that you need to be able to di- digest that information um, in a way that it makes it your own. Even even the teachers, they're looking to you know for this to land, depending on the student that's in front of them, right? Because everybody's everybody's different. Some people some people are more devotional, some people are more intellectual. Some are you know really you know gravitate towards um, sitting and, and meditation and retreat and stillness. Um, so. I think be, knowing the qualities of being a good student, this is the most important piece. Um, and I know for me, I mean, I have a few, 
that that come to mind to for me and i think number one is passion like i was mentioning that the buddha had this passion just to use him as an example like he had this passion to be free from suffering it wasn't about awakening or enlightenment or whatnot he knew that he was on the track to be free from suffering that was his his passion and people that have passion they're not they don't settle for like half-ass something it has to actually work it's like this has got to actually happen so if you have passion and you know what you want then you're going that that comparing mind of like is this is this working like as we as we digest the, the teachings we're actually comparing it maybe on other teachers and other teachings but then also against the basis of is there relief from suffering for example right Another thing that that comes to mind to me um, is that you have to have something um, second. You have to be able to 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 try it on to give it one hundred ten percent. I think this is another thing for me that that we don't see enough maybe in today's culture of of shiny new objects is that a good student tries it on and gives it 110%. And if we look at the, the, you know, the, the saints and sages of the past and whatnot, they gave things 110%. And then you know, is it working for you or is it not? Is this something that you want to integrate into your life or not? But again, if we're just doing things halfway, we're not going to really know. We're mm-hmm. not going to really know what sticks and whatnot. And then, and then plus two, yeah, if we jump halfway, we're like we're trying something, and then halfway down the road, we're trying something else. Whereas, um, again, use the Buddha as an example. He tried things 100% and said, yeah, you know, this teacher, this teaching, it's not really working. I'm going to move on. And he even looked to other um, students and he would say to them, like, you've been doing this for a really long time. Why are you still here? It's not working. You're not liberated yet. You know, I was interviewing a psychologist and, and she was saying how, you know, that there's these different modalities. We were talking about trauma. She's like, yeah, there's lots of different modalities. There's EMDR, there's, um, these other you know, cognitive processing modalities. And I said, well, how do you find a clinician that you really trust and on all this stuff? And she says, well, it's kind of simple. Like you give them a try, you do it 100%. And then after a while, <laughs> you look and say, is this working? And, and if it is, you stay. And if it's not, you move on. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I like that. It's like, yeah, you know, it has to actually work. And so... And I think the third piece is what she was saying about moving on. The third piece of becoming a good student is the courage to throw things away. And you have to have that discernment to be able to say, this is not working for me. And and you have to have, I don't know if it's part courage or part confidence, part introspection. I think that comes with the territory of, of really doing this for a certain purpose that you know what your purpose is and then you just know okay this is 
you know, not, not sticking for me. Mm -hmm. Or what I have found in my own practice is that it's just time to move, move on. And I loved all that. Like that was perfect and amazing. And it got me to where I am today. And it's just simply time. It you know, fulfilled to, a purpose. Yeah, yeah. To move on. And I would say the fourth thing that comes to mind uh, and maybe the most important, uh, and it, it goes along with, with this, this last, last statement is, you know, about throwing things away is, is self-awareness. It, it's probably the most important and the hardest. And I think this is where the teacher comes in, even that might seem paradoxical, is to have having having an outside person, spiritual friends, sangha, teachers, because they can see the blind spot sometimes. You know, sometimes that self-awareness to know what we really need at a certain time, it is helpful to incorporate that into even the practice of doing it for ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, right. to, to listen to people along the way. If mm-hmm. a lot of people are saying, hey, you know, you might have this, you might have this deficit somewhere. You know, it took me a long time to figure out that I, I didn't have the self-discipline for my practice. I thought I did until I saw real practitioners, until I started living at the retreat centers, and these people were really dedicated. And I was I was like, wow, like not not only the the monastics, the monks and nuns, but I met householders, I met husbands, wives, I met you know, mothers, fathers that had an incredibly dedicated practice. And man, I thought I was trying hard, you know. So self-discipline was a blind spot for me uh, for a long time. I couldn't, I couldn't see it, you know. So, yeah, I, I think how to be a good student, looking at those, you know, I, I mentioned four things, but like anything, look within yourself and see what's it mean to be a good student. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I would argue that even a good teacher facilitates those qualities, right? A good teacher at the end of the day should always be pointing you back to yourself, encouraging you to question, encouraging you to develop your own self-awareness, encouraging you to ask what's working, what's not working, encouraging you to even move on from them as a teacher if that's no longer the right fit or what's right. And I, I would in some ways say that those qualities of what makes a good student are also the qualities of maybe what makes a good teacher, you know, because they're ultimately a teacher wants to point you back towards you. And I think, I I feel like this is really important. Um, Personally, as a psychiatrist, I think this is important because it can be so easy when, for example, in my situation, when patients come to treatment for them to feel so disempowered you know, they feel lost, they feel hopeless, they feel like they don't have answers. And what they want or what they think they might need is for the psychiatrist to give them guidance, to give them suggestions, to tell them what to do. And really what I think as a psychiatrist, our job is really to ask the right questions, you know, to point the person back to themselves, to their own experiences, and to ask the right questions while walking alongside them on their own journey. And so I think it's really important for anybody, whether they're a patient, whether they're a student, to not place their power outside of themselves, you know, to not see themselves as somehow less than anybody else, um, but to really 
believe that the wisdom that they're seeking is already contained within and the people that they're looking to to teach are simply asking them the right questions or guiding them along the way or perhaps modeling something but it's not that somebody else has something that you don't have you you have it and and your teachers are the ones that point you back towards you and your own direct experiences of that yeah yeah absolutely 100% i really like this idea and I, I'm not quite sure where I where I heard this, but um, there's an idea in on the spiritual path that that the teacher or it might be a guru or something, but they're holding on the vision of your Buddhahood or your enlightenment or your you know your awake mind that they're holding on to that until you see it again, mm-hmm. you know. So they're always looking at you not as a person that needs help yeah. <laughs> actually they're actually looking at you as a fully full being mm-hmm. awakened being a non-suffering right. being mm-hmm. and they're holding that that vision and they're i like to look at it more as a reminder they're reminding you mm-hmm. this is this is who and what you are mm-hmm. in uh, or pointing invest like inviting you to mm-hmm. look inviting mm-hmm. you to investigate Absolutely, you know, absolutely. And, and just kind of shining the light on the path is, you know, that, that term like, you know, shining the light on the path, you're walking it. <laughs> They're just mm-hmm. shining the light like, hey, look over here. You know, I like, mm-hmm. and there's kind of an analogies of awakening where we're, we're in the room. We're always in the room, mm-hmm. but we have a really small flashlight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we can't see the totality of the room that we're in. We're shining this little, little, flashlight and an awakened being sees the whole room Mm -hmm. and they know that we're kind of in the dark and so they they light up the room a bit you know they give you a bigger flashlight you know these these types of things but you're 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 going around and you're exploring Mm -hmm. and you're doing this all on your own Mm -hmm. absolutely and I, I also think this is important in this time of social media for example you know because really we have a lot of people who I think are out there in many ways promoting themselves as experts, teachers, whatever it may be, as maybe having something that if you're suffering, you might feel like you want what they're selling or what they're teaching or whatever it may be. And I think it's always important to to remember, you know, is this somebody who, as you said, sees my own wholeness, you know, sees me as not broken? Um, is this somebody who is pointing me back towards myself. And when we are looking at sort of the array of options that are out there in terms of where we're seeking our guidance, I think it's really helpful to sort of tune into that, those questions and to say, you know, when I, when I learn from this person, when I work with this person, do I leave reminded of my own wholeness and my own strength or do I in fact, leave feeling broken. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Tibetans have a, th- a theory that you should sit with a teacher for 12 years uh, before you take them on as your teacher. Wow. To just kind of take a look in 12 years and see. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have that kind of patience here, but, you know, I, I say this a lot, and I, I think lineage is really important, and I think that... Yeah, like you mentioned, more than ever, there's a lot of information out there. And what I like about lineage is that people are vouching for one another. Yeah. I mean, 
you, you have a whole community of people that are vouching for this somebody, like, you know, mm-hmm. this somebody's okay, you know, the Dalai Lama, and then three or four other uh, Lamas, Rinpoche's, you know, highly, highly experienced beings in med- meditation and Buddhism, for example, if they say, hey, this teacher, you know, we vouch for this teacher, this teacher really knows what he's talking about or she's talking about, there's just something to that, mm-hmm. you know, I think the, the solo people always, I'm always a bit, it takes a little bit more discernment. But I think we, we need a lot of discernment now because of so much information and and there has to be skillfulness in the teaching because there's so many paradoxes. So this, the, the teaching, especially when it comes to uh, meditation, metaphysics, it's a spiritual path, is full of paradoxes. And it takes a lot of skillfulness to be able to navigate that within yourself and then the teachers as well. I think many of us, as we start to digest this information, we hear about, you know, striving, like really trying really hard Mm -hmm. and then relaxing and just (laughs) not not doing so much. Mm -hmm. And we hear about learning, about gathering all this knowledge and reading more, listening more, podcasts more. And then we we hear about just meditating, like just just meditate, like it's all within you and (laughs) you don't need all, all of that stuff. And there's so much information on on awareness practices, body somatic practices, heart-based practices. There's all of these paradoxes, like which ones you know do I do? And e- even even being in the world or going on re- like living at a retreat center or needing a, needing a guru, needing a teacher, doing it on yourself. Like there are so many different paradoxes, and we need discernment in that. And I think this goes back to being a good student, mm-hmm. you know, to, to know what your passion is, like know why you're doing this, to, to try it on for yourself, give it 110%, have the courage to know what works for you and when to, to throw it out and have that self-awareness um, along the way. But, um, and I think all of that kind of goes into what you were saying too with, make sure you're you're choosing a good a good teacher a teacher know. who supports you in being a good student exactly you know, in, in those four and qualities all of that. Yeah. but i think yeah you're right it's just it's just so incredibly important um now more than ever <laughs> <laughs> so maybe let's wrap up with the meditation yeah so we always end with a meditation and if you could join us, if you're not driving, please do. And if you're driving, just allow the words to kind of land wherever you are. And so going along with what you're, that what we're talking about here today, about really being your own guide Tuning into this very moment. And maybe seeing the clarity of this moment, how easy it is to know what's true. 
you become a master of truth when you pay attention to the moment as it is without the need to predict the future or rehash the past. You know exactly what's happening in the moment. The thoughts that are here, the sounds, the sensations, Just looking at how simple it is to know what's true, to know what's real. And maybe it's this simple. Maybe it's always this simple. Maybe coming back to the truth in this moment, coming back to what's real in this moment, is all there is. Now most of all, try this on for yourself. How does simple feel? And then maybe wishing all beings to feel the simplicity of the moment just as it is. Allowing the heart to expand. May all beings everywhere without exception, may they all be happy and free from suffering.